0: Hey there, thank you. Welcome to the Film Fan Club Show. I'm Sam Carrico, and I think I know why my fictitious audience is uh, happy tonight. Yeah, uh, The Little Mermaid, the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid, is officially coming out in 2023. Yes, let's hear it for The Little Mermaid. No, but really, there was a lot of movie news that happened over the summer, and I figured since I gotta review all the movies that I, over the summer that I saw last week, let's get to the movie news, yeah. The Aquaman sequel, John Wick 4, Knives Out 2, and a lot more filmed all over the summer. Yes, nature is healing. Yeah, Aquaman 2 will officially be titled The Lost Kingdom, and while plot details are scarce, I have a prediction, and I think that it's going to be a crossover with Jurassic World yeah I mean as as desperate as DC must be right now I wouldn't be surprised did you see the suicide squad though yeah apparently nobody did except for us here at the film fan club the cast a new Supergirl and Batgirl yeah I'm pretty excited Uh, Sasha Cowell will play Supergirl in next year's flash movie and Leslie Grace from in the Heights will play Batgirl in the solo film for HBO max I guess you could say the future is female you know for DC Uh, let's see how it goes with the always reasonable fan base speaking of the future though George Miller. Furiosa movie has been delayed again. The prequel to Mad Max Fury Road with Anya Taylor-Joy will now come out in 2024, nine years after Fury Road originally premiered in 2015. But don't worry guys, you'll get to see The Little Mermaid before then. Yeah, they're not the only ones shuffling around their release schedule too. Sony has been moving Venom around like nobody's business. Just within the past couple months, it was scheduled for release on September 24th, then October 15th, now it's October 1st. At this point they might as well just put Check Your Local Listings on all the posters. And finally, Reservation Dogs has been renewed for a second season. The new FX show on Hulu was filmed entirely in the area surrounding Tulsa, Oklahoma, and focuses on Native American teens on tribal land. Our show today is entirely Reservation Dogs themed. Later on we'll be talking to local pop culture critic Jimmy Tremel to review season 1 for us. But first, I had the opportunity to talk to a uh, reoccurring stars, Lil Mike and Funny Bone. They talked to me about their experience working on Reservation Dogs. Let's get right to that.
1: Got a new song and go like this. <laughs>
0: Lil Mike and Funny Bone, welcome so much to the show. How are you guys feeling with everything going on?
1: Man, it's just starting to get overwhelming, but we're blessed. We're just keeping it moving.
0: Across Oklahoma, it seems like so many people have been talking about this show. And at least in my personal experience, everybody that I talk uh, to have been uh, talking about your characters as being standouts. I think you guys are hilarious. (laughs) So, like, for those who aren't aware of the show, how would you kind of describe your roles? And uh, what is your kind of approach to this?
1: It's the Rez Gossipers, I guess. We're Rez Somebody called us the Res instigators. <laughs> we play our, we play a rez
0: version of ourselves at,
1: minus the, the, all the instigating and whatnot. But
0: we also rap in the show. Obviously the, a lot of your personality is brought into these two characters. So can you kind of just tell me about you guys? You mentioned from Oklahoma City, but uh, tell me a little bit about your come up or whatever. And how did you even you know get involved in this?
1: Um, wow. Wow. So like basically coming up, Starting out as rapping uh, was poetry for me because I was in therapy and they said write out your problems and your and your feelings. Uh, besides expressing them out loud, and then right, um, you know, m- music started getting involved. Then I started writing songs and stuff like that, and then dancing, dancing like Michael Jackson. Hence the name, Little Mike, Little Mike, Little Michael Jackson. Yeah, and then funny bone came along. Uh, putting his little comedic rap in there. and I would jump in and be his little hype man, and then I would go up on stage and tell jokes while he was switching out the tapes. Tapes way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> back in the 1900s. So basically, uh, let's go to 2020, and COVID hit, and all of our tour dates just canceled on us. And there was some big paying gigs, and we were like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so um you know stuck at home trying to figure out different things to do trying to make online merch trying to stay trying to pay bills trying to stay afloat um right and our manager hits us up and was like yeah i just got an email from this lady she uh some some mid-thunder lady and she's saying they're an audition in tulsa for something y'all want to do it and i was like yeah we'll try it send us the script the script had cuss words in it and we was like yeah we on cuss So let's change up the script a little bit. And if they like it, they like it, if not, move on to the next thing. Sitting in the uh, audition and they hit us up and was like, yo, that was awesome. Um, And y'all sorted without the cuss words and it's just magic. So They they picked us up and said, y'all do it like that. Keep it real. And so Um, ever since then, it's been a hit, everybody loving it. It's been dope. And they picked our music up too. So that's a plus. So we spent a week shooting the pilot, and in that week, almost every day we were tested straight up the nose on both sides. Yep. Every other day. Oh my god, not fun um, it's on YouTube. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that week that we shot, I want to say it was in June or July. Then they hit us something like, "Oh, um, Disney picked it up, and and they're gonna have it on FX, and we're gonna finish out the series." And we were like, oh yeah, let's do it. So then we had to spend like two months out in terms of filming, and that again up the nose daily for two mm-hmm. months. It was interesting. At, at the time, it was like, I don't know if this is working. Right, right.
0: I find that really interesting though. That I, you you guys got the script. You're like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make this work a little bit better to, for what we're doing. And then, uh, and then they they went with it. So how much of the of uh, like how much I guess changed throughout the process from script, you know, to bringing you guys in, and then kind of adjusting the characters. Were the characters pretty well developed, or whenever you guys got cast, is that when it started to take shape? How did that work?
1: I do feel like they wrote it for us. I mean, it's we we changed it up slightly, ever so slightly, because basically yeah, all we did was take out the cussing. Yeah, and then there was a couple of jokes that kind of felt flat to us, so mm. that we uh, we added our a little flavor flavor into it.
0: It must have been a really kind of seamless collaboration.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I that, uh, matter of fact, uh, Sterling was saying um this never happens in Hollywood. Like actors don't get to say what they you know what they want and um usually the the directors are taking uh basically notions from the big heads and <laughs> he was like this you know he was like enjoy this while you can because y'all start getting into other stuff it ain't going to be like this man. So it's just like, it was, it was really cool to have all these different people putting in their two cents into making a project. Yeah. It felt comfortable and it flowed really freely. It was awesome. And I think that kind of helped it be what it is now.
0: I think that the passion really shows through this project. And, and I guess obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is, this is a a really unprecedented portrayal of native Americans, you know, in the, the, first you know major you know roles all the major roles behind the talent as well um yeah can you just talk a little bit about more what that's like uh, how you know unprecedented this kind of show is and then also what the response has been from your guys's perspective
1: it's something that's been a long time coming because i've the indigenous community has been neglect even in the news and uh, the only media we've been getting is really social media so this i feel like finally have something for Natives to relate to. It's by Natives, for Natives, and we need to show the world a a sense of Native humor. It's gonna start a whole uh, movement of Native pride in City Natives everywhere, because as City Natives, we didn't get into our culture until we had to learn our culture in school. And thank God we had teachers that actually taught the real history I mean, I feel like this this show is gonna do that same thing. I really do love that the show is portraying natives of all kinds yeah. and not just one single uh view of a native. Cause mm-hmm. to me that would be stereotyping a native. Yeah.
0: Uh and then obviously <laughs> you mentioned your guys' music. Uh it obviously took a big, you know, kind of pause. It took a hit during COVID and everything, but Delta variant notwithstanding, things kind of seem to be coming back a little bit. Kind of, and I think I saw on Facebook that you guys just released new music as well.
1: During COVID, we went to a couple of protests, um, a lot of missing and murder stuff. Um, but like here in Oklahoma, we had two cop two cop incidences where they killed unarmed people,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we were just like we were kind of fed with it. In uh, that, that kind of sparked uh, uh, our "That's Enough" song because. You know, we were kind of fed up. Like, not only is it, you know, the black folks that's getting attacked and, and, and lied on the cops is the natives too. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all people of color, man, is just treated so differently. It's crazy. So we wrote, That's Enough, the new single.
0: It's a tough subject to talk about. So props to you guys for being able to find a, a productive way, I think, to talk about that subject as well. Little Mike and Funny Bone, you can catch them Mondays on Reservation Dogs. Thank you guys yeah, so much did. for joining the Film Fan Club show and wish, wish you all the success in the future.
1: Thank you for having a song. Big shout out to Film Fan Club. MikeBoneMedia.com for all the uh, updates, concert updates, new music, T-shirts. Don't t-shirts! Yeah. Support the movement. Thank y'all.
0: Okay, joining me now, he is the pop culture writer for the Tulsa World. On my show, Jimmy Trummel's with us. Hey, Jimmy.
2: Hey, glad to be on. Flattered you would ask.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for being here, and I'm flattered that you would accept the invitation. Uh, and I really have been watching your work for a while now and uh, wanting to get you on for a while now because we, you and I both live in Oklahoma. The Tulsa World is based in Tulsa, Northeast Oklahoma, and we have really seen a boom kind of happen here in terms of Big filming projects coming to Oklahoma, specifically coming to this area, it seems, too. I mean, I remember Minari was uh, nominated for all sorts of Oscars, and we covered it on the show here. But now, you know, we had Stillwater come out over the summer. Uh, We're going to be talking about Reservation Dogs here in a little bit. Killers of the Flower Moon is shooting. How did we end up here?
2: You know, sometimes when you're in the golden years of something, you don't realize it because years have to pass. Then you have to look back and say, "Oh, those were the golden years." But it seems like we could be in right now the golden years of film and television in Oklahoma. And granted, you know, things have been shot here in the past. You know, movies and all and all different sorts of things. But Reservation Dogs, the first uh, television series ever to be shot entirely in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Stillwater, as you mentioned. Uh, It just seems like that we're in a moment of history where you think, well, does it get better than this or is this as good as it gets right now?
0: Has there been kind of a through line or a recurring theme
2: in what's been bringing these filmmakers to Oklahoma? I don't know if it's a theme so much is that there's a specific aim with each uh, of these projects. I mean, obviously, Killers of the Flower Moon is being shot in Osage County because historically, that's where it occurred 100 years ago. And if you want to shoot for authenticity, which we all think that they are, then you go exactly where it happened. And then Reservation Dogs, uh, the same thing uh, made by Oklahoma filmmaker Sterling Harjo. Uh, he wants this to be authentic. It is authentic. So he's shooting in Oklahoma, in Okmulgee, Al- in places that, that you know we might have driven past 100 times. And now we're seeing it on our, our television screens.
0: What was your take on uh, reservation
2: dogs well how many tv series have there been in the history of mankind you know it's a zillion a billion who knows and and yeah this series there's never been anything like it there that you can see some series say that, that reminds me of this 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 is not going to remind you of anything because this story has never been told on, on television typically when you get a native american story on tv it's through the lens of a uh, Caucasian filmmaker, or it's a Cowboys and Indian story, uh, you know, something that's stereotyped. But, you know, this is a look at real life for kids in Oklahoma, right? indigenous kids in Oklahoma. And when I watched it, uh, my first thought was, oh my gosh, I, I grew up with these guys, if not exactly, then people who 100% remind me of them and these experiences they're having. Uh, whether it's going to the the clinic, in the second episode, right? I, I've been to the to the clinic with my buddies before. I and, I related to
0: that so hard. Yeah, yeah. So
2: Going to the Indian clinic until in, in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can be a long day. I mean, <laughs> those clinics do as good as they can do, but it can be it can be a long day. But it, to me, it was so refreshing and so cool to see stories from our backyard brought to uh television screens now globally and i think basically the acclaim has been uh unbelievable across the board i think mean, neil guyman has bragged about it mark ruffalo has bragged about it uh I, I you you probably feel the same way i want to know with these four kids the four main kids in the story where they're headed what happens to these people absolutely I loved the little arc that they have
0: even in just the first episode where they still kind of they, uh, throughout the, the second episode I've only seen the first two but throughout the second episode they still want to leave Oklahoma uh, but at the first episode really they kind of really want to go to California and then they kind of pump the brakes and they're like all right well we gotta we gotta d- defend our home yeah. a little bit I like that transition but also I like that these are these are kind of hoodlums you know what I mean they're all they're getting into trouble and they're doing all it was like a really nice uh like like you kind of said a really nice slice of life for kind of am- morally ambiguous teens in rural Oklahoma and again I'm not not Native American to the degree that is shown in the film but it's just really fun to see that culture represented and really important to see that culture represented uh c- can you talk a little bit about like Sterling Harjo's influence
2: on this series this, these are stories he was born to make basically I mean he, he lived this I I ask, uh one of the kids on the red carpet at Circle Cinema, one of the four cast members, uh, uh, DeFaro, who plays Bear. These kids, even though three of them are from Canada, nailed what it's like to be kids in Oklahoma, native kids in Oklahoma. And when I asked DeFaro about that, he said, uh, hey, it's because uh, of what's on the script. The people who wrote the story, Sterling Harjo lived this and because he lived this, All you have to do is, I mean, I think there's, I don't think he's trying to be modest, but I think he did a great job. But he just said, basically, we just followed the script of what these people lived in their real life. It can't be uh, um, said enough just how, like,
0: you can tell there's a lot of care and a lot of, like, personality Mm -hmm. put into this show. And I really appreciate any time that something as big as, like, FX and Hulu are allowed to, like, let a filmmaker create something you know like sterling harjo i think for the first two episodes uh he uh, i think he wrote wrote the first episode with taika watiti but the second episode he wrote by himself and really got to like really take charge of this series and and, and i always see so much kind of uh movie projects that are done by committee you know what i mean done kind of to, to please all test audiences and i feel like this is just really really stands out as something that is just a passion project for him so i, I love that uh is there anything else that you haven't mentioned about reservation dogs
2: I, I will say that i think the uh the two guys on bicycles the neighborhood gossips yeah. in reservation dogs those guys crack me up a uh, little mike and funny bone are there names uh this may be like a launching pad for those guys because every time they come on the screen uh i told them they're, they're kind of scene stealers uh and, and they're pot stars too in their in their neighborhood where these kids live
0: jimmy tremel thank you so much for joining me and uh, i really hope to have you on again soon it's been a pleasure man thank you thank you i appreciate it and finally if you want to bring hollywood to your state maybe don't shit on hollywood this past may Governor Kevin Stitt signed the Filmed in Oklahoma Act into law, building on a current state film rebate that is capped at $8 million annually. Now just throwing money at production companies that may or may not want to shoot here could do the trick, but Oklahoma's got to put in the work too, and that starts from the ground up. Multiple studies have found that our public school systems rank among the worst in the country. We have the highest female incarceration rate of any state in the country, and the 2016 aggregate found that we have the 6th highest teen birth rate in the country. But don't get me started on the roads. The public roads in Oklahoma are a joke. I would love to know how much wear and tear has happened on my car just because of the potholes in Tulsa. If you want to attract like film productions to your state, at least make the state's streets drivable. It doesn't stop there though. We love to talk about reservation dogs as an attraction for our state, but in reality, state lawmakers have been working to challenge tribal sovereignty over and over again. In July, our Attorney General asked the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade as one of his first acts in office. I'm sure Hollywood just loves that. Look, I love Oklahoma, okay? I've lived here my entire life. This comes from a place of heart because I want nothing more than to see my home state succeed. But if you just want to laugh at Hollywood liberals and tell them, love it or leave it, well, the irony is, they can make the Reagan biopic without you. Okay, that's our show. I'd like to send a special thank you to Lil Mike and Funny Bone, as well as Jimmy Tremel, for joining me this week. Next week, we'll be talking to YouTube historian Matt Beat. He's going to help us break down American crime story impeachment. I'll see you then. Thank you so much, folks.